Good morning, everybody. We're going to be continuing in John chapter 16 today. Um, last week we were studying um, about the promises that were uh, G- Jesus made in this chapter, and the first of which was the Holy Spirit would be coming. And I'll try to get us to where we were last week. Um, I think we were right at about 15 or so. So there we are. Um, We were discussing uh, how the Holy Spirit worked back then versus the way it works now. And uh, we were discussing how the Holy Spirit is an indwelling uh, member of the Godhead for us now as compared with back then when the Holy Spirit was actually an active part for the apostles as they were spreading the word and writing the New Testament and working miracles. And um, one of the examples that we talked about um, that I was trying to remember the, the, the fellow's name was Ephraditus, and that's in Philippians 2, and uh, a few verses there. Verse 27 says uh, that he was so sick that Paul prayed for him not to die. And uh, he was sick because he was attending to Paul's needs while he was in prison. And, um, you know, they thought he was going to pass, but he did not. And he, Paul, you know, was praying that he, you know, that he would be healed, and he was. Uh, so he said he risked his own neck to save Paul. So, you know, if the Holy Spirit uh, was... Uh, you know, used in a kind of a haphazard way just to heal people, then it would have been, uh, this situation would have been rectified by Paul or one of the other apostles. So, you know, um, not to harp too much on this, but these faith healers nowadays, they seem to make it sound like that if you've got enough faith, you can be healed of anything. But, uh, you know, the, the, the miracles had a purpose. And uh, when the perfect law of liberty, in James 1.25, when it came about, and that's the holy, you know, the, 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 God, the written New Testament, there was really no need for those anymore. So another example would be that Paul prayed three times to have his thorn in the flesh taken away. And it never was in Second Corinthians twelve eight there, and um, you know uh, Jesus said that his you know his grace is sufficient for him. So in other words, he's blessed him in a lot of ways, but not to have this thorn in the flesh taken away. So um, you know this is a difficult concept for a lot of people to understand, but. Um, um, it's one that's vital if we're going to really understand uh, the Word and have a true doctrine. So, um, verse 15, All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Um, so, again, this is 
talking about what we were saying that uh, no one can work miracles and, and um, that all of that has been com completed uh, as we see in um, 1 Corinthians 13 also you know the perf uh, the uh, uh, that also that that it's talking the same thing about how the new, how that uh, miracles uh, will cease that love will 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 stay so um, I guess that's that's uh, the main thing I had wanted to say about the Holy Spirit before we moved on to the second promise here so the first one was the Holy Spirit. And the second one was the eminence of his passion. Passion is what we just call the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And um, so he, we're, we're, he was basically saying that that was about to happen. The time of his death is now. Uh, verse 16, a little while and you no longer will see me. And again, a little while you will see you will see me. So imagine being one of these apostles and hearing this for the first time there in the upper room. Um, they did not know what he meant by that. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, in a little while, you will see me. Of course, we know that Jesus meant that he would be arrested, tried, crucified, and buried, taken away from them. But he will be resurrected after three days. And when they will see him again is after the resurrection. You know, Jesus will appear to them. And also he will be on earth for 40 days. And then he will ascend back to the Father. So that's what uh, he meant by that. And then the comforter will be sent in Acts 2, um, you know, to, to, for the church to begin. So, you know, they didn't quite understand this. Um, and uh, and you, know, you really, in a way, can't blame them. But Jesus had mentioned uh, before, of course, that he, uh, that was his mission, to come to this earth, to suffer, bleed, die, and to be resurrected, go back to his Father. Uh, verse 17 and 18, some of his disciples then said to one another, what is this thing he is telling us a little while and you will not see me and again a little while you will see me and because I go to, to the Father. So they were saying this, at, saying what is this that he is, says a little while. We do not know what he's talking about. Um, so you know this contrast here was just really hard for him them to grasp and um, uh, he had mentioned, as I said before, he had mentioned in Luke thirteen thirty three, Matthew sixteen twenty one, Matthew seventeen twenty two, and Mark eight thirty one. He had all discussed that he was coming to this earth and that he would be uh, he would be crucified and buried and resurrected again. But they. They didn't get this. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about shortly the dark sayings of, of Jesus. And by that we mean hard to understand or speaking in allegories as Larry was talking about in his lesson in uh, John 15 and uh, similes and hyperbole and that sort of thing. Uh, Jesus was uh, 
kind of hiding what he meant in parables and bringing it out uh, uh, later and explaining them, but that some of these things were still hard to understand until he, until he actually went through this passion, as they call it here. Um, anybody got any questions and stop me at any time or comment? Uh, we'll keep going in, ch- in verses 19 and 20. Jesus knew that they wished to question him, and he said to them, Are you deliberating among yourselves uh, together about this, that I said a little while and you will not see me, and again in a little while you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but the grief will be turned into joy. Um, Jesus uh, spoke of future events here. He's speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection, and that the world would rejoice about this. His enemies would rejoice about this because they thought they had gotten rid of Christ because, uh, you know, they thought they'd, they would kill him and be, be done, be away with him, especially the Jewish leaders who were looking at him to be a as a threat to their way of life, to their, um, you know, uh, exchanging money in the temple and having, uh, you know, a lot of, um, of, of wicked practices and that sort of thing. They looked at him as an enemy. So that they'll rejoice over that. And um, that a lot of per- people will be very happy. And that's going to be because he brings salvation to the world. And Jesus will be also very happy about that. And, of course, we're very happy because we, we have salvation because of Christ. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, you can't be neutral with Christ. You either accept him or reject him. So you're either going to be rejoicing over his, his dying or you're going to be rejoicing over his resurrection because he, he would uh, bring salvation to you. So, um, and bring reconciliation to God. And of course, without him dying, there wouldn't be any, res- uh, any reconciliation to God. Because, you know, we talk, as it's in Hebrews 10, chapter 10, I think it is, talks about the blood of uh, bulls and goats were, was never meant to really uh, uh, forgive sins. And uh, it took, uh, you know, God's only son to come to this earth to suffer, bleed, and die for that to happen. So, don't want to cover this too fast, but, uh, okay, Sam.
That's right. It's a, he still talks to us through the Bible. Right? right. He's still speaking to us. You know, in, his, in these last days, he's spoken to us through his, through his son, through the Bible there. That's exactly right. Two very good points there. Um, uh, yeah, um, we have the Bible, and we're, um, you know, it, 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 faith is a whole thing about Christianity. Not whole thing, that's not a good way of putting that, but you, you've got to have faith, or, you know, um, you're just not going to be uh, what, what God wants, because, it, you know, um, I wish I could remember where it was, but it, it, it's, uh, there's also a verse that says, where Jesus says, will he find faith when he returns? And uh, I've thought about that a lot lately. It seems, you know, that there's getting to be so many people that are going against, what, uh, you know, the, the Bible and against religion and everything. You really wonder if Jesus will find, uh, you know, true faith when he does come, come back. But um, uh, I think that's in Matthew, but I can't re- I can't recall exactly where it is. But. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's that's where it is. So uh, so uh, good points there. Um, That is so true. I mean, can you imagine seeing all these miracles and then you just kind of kind of pass it off like you didn't, well, I don't know what, what's going on there, but, uh, I, uh, you know, I don't want to believe that he's the son of God. And, you know, there's, there's so much of that going on now that people just will not study their Bible or not, they don't want to hear a sound religion, you know, they don't want to hear uh, what really is uh, the truth, and so, very good point, good points. We'll move to 21 and 22, whenever, <clears throat> whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come, but when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. Um, Jesus used a a lot of analogy like this a lot of times to get his points across, Um, and he talks about her hour. There's a lot of discussion about Hours, in other words, like his hour had come for his, for the passion, or in other words, for his crucifixion. So he's talking about a woman's hour giving birth, and um, and he compares uh, the apostles' sorrow over uh, Jesus' impending death to that. And um, but you know the the uh, contrast is that a woman has her baby. And she's then very happy. Well, when Jesus has his crucifixion and, and re- especially the resurrection, well then, you know, when, when uh, Mary Magdalene and Peter and 
and John were at the, at the uh, grave, you know, they were very joyous when the resurrection happened, and we're very joyous because Jesus, had he not done this, we would have had no hope of salvation. So, um, so Jesus was causing joy in people because they can be, uh, you know, saved because of what he had done. Um, so that's the, that's what, what he meant by that. So we'll move on to the third promise, the third promise after the spirit and, um, is, and, and the uh, passion is the, their prayers will be answered. So Jesus will ascend back to heaven. The Holy Spirit will descend on the apostles at Pentecost and their confusion will disappear and Jesus will, it will be like Christ is with them except it will be through the Holy Spirit. So in 23 and 4, in that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Asking you will receive so that your joy will be made full. Um, Jesus is letting the apostles know that trying times are headed their way after he ascends back to the Father and the church has begun. And they will be the ones. Up until then, Jesus has been praying for uh, his mission to be accomplished. He's been praying for the apostles and for all of us in future times. But in this time, after he's ascended and the church has begun, he's going to be, uh, he, he knows that the apostles are kind of the mantle's going to be in on them, so to speak, and they're going to be the ones that have to carry out the uh, gospel there. And, and he's pray, he knows that they will be the ones praying at that time. Um, and, you know, uh, Brother Mazzalago, I think, um, made a, a point in his lesson that he had online that this doesn't mean that you, if you need a new car, you can just ask for it and get it, so to, so to speak. This is more of a, this is more talking about a religious things, things that you need, spiritual things, more, more so than uh, just uh, because they had a mission that they were carrying out, you know, the the, uh, the gospel and getting the church started, and they had a and there was going to be tribulation and a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of them would be be uh, tortured and that sort of thing. So he he was letting them know that this is all coming your way and that you're going to be the one praying a lot. Um, so, um, and this is not to, not to say that you can't pray for material things. And, you know, our regular daily, everyday needs, you know, our bread, so to speak. But uh, he meant this more in a spiritual manner in this particular uh, verse right here. Um, so we move on to the fourth promise. Uh, after the Holy Spirit, the eminence of his passion, their, prayer, their prayers will be answered. And number four, your faith will be shaken. We've kind of touched on that a little bit. 
but uh, their faith will be shaken because they will have many, many uh, trials and, and, and temptations. And um, Paul speaks in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 24 through 28, he speaks of beatings, stonings, shipwrecks, being adrift at sea, long journeys, being robbed, uh, being hungry and, and thirsty, and being rejected by his own kinsmen, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. So Paul is just one example. Uh, we know that uh, a lot of the other apostles uh, also suffered the same the same uh, destinies. They were all, um, all the apostles, according to tradition or through the, the scriptures, were either, uh, you know, killed or um, beheaded. A lot of them beheaded, a lot of them crucified. Peter crucified upside down, except for John. John, the apostle writing this uh, particular book here, um, you know, he, he did not, he did not die that way. He did not, uh, was not crucified that way. So, um, verses 25 and 6, these things have I spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I know I'll no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I will say to you that I will I will request the Father on your behalf. As I said a, a few minutes ago, Jesus spoke in parables and allegories, uh, stories, hyperbole, and metaphors, and and such the like. You know, one be, example being, you know, showing different uh, uh, different uh, object lessons, such as the widow's mite, and comparing her to you know, the uh, Pharisees that wanted to flaunt what they had given to the temple and uh, Jesus putting a young child out in front of them and saying that you need to become like this young child and, uh, you know, with that kind of humility uh, to enter the kingdom of heaven after the apostles uh, were arguing over who was going to be first and that sort of thing. Um, so Jesus uh, knew that uh, he, he, that they would understand a lot of these things more clearly after the passion that he was about to to uh, suffer. Uh, Twenty-seven and eight. For the Father Himself loves you because you have you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again going to the Father. Uh, Jesus is again letting them know that he came from heaven and that he's going to be so shortly ascending back there. And um, so we discussed um, uh, some of these, uh, you know, dark sayings earlier. Psalm 78, 2 says, I'll open my mouth with a parable. I will utter things that were from old and Proverbs 1, 6 says, Understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. Um, some of the things Jesus said, and I didn't know if I was going to have time to get to it. We'll see if I do in a few minutes. But 
I was going to kind of go over some of these dark sayings. We'll do a, we'll do a few of them here, and if we have time, we'll do more. But the temple would be uh, destroyed and raised again in three days. Of course, he didn't mean the temple itself would be done that way. That wouldn't ha- he was he did uh, prophesy it though, but he's talking about his body and that he would be raised in three days uh, from uh, you know from the grave. And he said, another one is, except a man be born again, he will, he will not enter the kingdom of God. That would be talking about baptism, and that was a difficult concept, kind of a dark saying or difficult to understand. Uh, his living water would quench thirst. That's talking about spiritual water, not, uh, not H2O. Except one eat his flesh and drink his blood, uh, of course, that one we discussed in an early ch- earlier chapter in John. That's not talking about real flesh and blood. It's talking about the Lord's Supper that we will partake later on today. Uh, he who believes will never die. Well, we're all going to die unless we're here when Jesus comes returns. He's talking about dying spiritually. Uh, we won't die if we uh, believe and we uh, obey. And he said, before Abraham was, I am. Of course, they didn't understand that But if they didn't believe that he was the Christ. Uh, but he was before. He was right there. Uh, he was right there with Abraham because he was, of course, part of the uh, Godhead. So these are the so-called dark sayings of Christ and uh, there are many, many of those that were very hard to understand for these uh, early first century um, people. And they became a lot more clear for those who really believed in him after he had um, been resurrected. So we move to 29. His disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly and not using figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. Uh, By this, we believe that you came from God. So the disciples there are saying, well, we get it now. Uh, At least that's what they're saying. But we know that this is not exactly right because, you know, they abandoned him at the cross. And uh, so, you know, they probably thought they understood anyway. Uh, they said that they thought they, they would. Uh, they, they had. Uh, but that, as we said, they would actually abandon him at his uh, rest there. Right. And it's just to me it's so hard to understand 
right. the treatment that they gave to Christ. So the disciples, they've seen and they've been with him all these times when he's done all these things. They believe you've got but they still don't get it. Right. And it's such a chaotic event. Oh, yes. But it's the fulfillment of the most important thing that's ever happened. Right. Greatest story ever told. It's the yeah. most important event. That's right. To take care of everything before the cross and everything after. So just imagine what what a scope that is. Yeah, we we don't we can't put ourselves in this position really, can we? Mm -hmm. It's hard to But I can understand how there would be fighting. Mm-hmm. We really I are. I understand what's going on. Right. And I get really discouraged, but um, I have some good friends that help me. You know, right. we got to put our trust in God. we got to stay committed to finding comfort in the Scripture. That's a really good point, Susan. Yeah, these were, these were laymen here. And, uh, you know, like Paul is not on the scene yet, and he was a very learned man there that was uh, you know educated to feed a Gamaliel and all that but I mean I guess Matthew was a tax collector and that's you know but I mean I, well, smart. I mean, they were not smarter, right I don't think they appreciate or could this was so difficult to grasp it had it, it had to be so hard to uh understand all this and I guess you know maybe they were saying that they understood just I don't know how to how to put this but you know maybe to, to try to just let Jesus know or you know you're it, some of this is getting through to us you know but obviously they didn't fully grasp it because even uh, at the ascension they some of them asked well are you going to start your kingdom now? Is this time for your kingdom to begin? So, you know, all the way up till then, they still didn't quite understand what was going on. did they say them? It's just, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good uh, interpretation of that scripture there because they, you know, they obviously did not understand and uh, it was just, that was, what, 700 years or so before, before Christ or more? Right. So they didn't really 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we just really don't know how we would have been either in this situation. It's so great comments, and I appreciate them. Uh, we'll go to 31. Two, Jesus answered, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each of you to his own home and to leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Um, Isaiah 63.3 says that Jesus would tread the, the winepress alone. And so there's a prophecy right there that he was going to be kind of alone except for, his, except for God. Um, you know, at, in Gethsemane, the, the, uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, you know, they walked away. They, uh, well, they, were, they fell asleep. And they abandoned him, and later on they abandoned him when he was being crucified. So, um, you know, only the Father was with him, with him from then on. So, you know, uh, this is very, it was difficult on these apostles, no doubt. So we go to 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you will have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Um, the apostles will have peace, even though they won't, will have trials and tribulations and afflictions, because they will ultimately receive a crown of life, and uh, Jesus has defeated Satan, so he has overcome the world, and through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, had this not occurred, you know, he wouldn't have overcome the world. But all the way back to Genesis 3.15, he, um, you know, it bruised, it bruised his heel, but he crushed the servant's head. So this was the uh, incident of going back and fulfilling that scripture, all the way back to the beginning of the, of the, of the Bible there. So they would receive a lot of tribulation, a lot of beatings, uh, scourges, trials, and that sort of thing, but uh, he would he would be with them, you know. So Jesus will use uh, their 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 failure in faith as a way to build up their faith. Uh, in other words, he um, he even though that they were failures right now and didn't understand what he was saying, and they would later abandon him during the Passion. Uh, they would come back, and they were, their faith would be much, much stronger once they were the ones who were spreading the gospel. And Jesus knew this, so he knew to try to build them up at this time so that they would, when the time come, came, that they would be um, successful missionaries and to start the church. Um, so, Them, his 
to see how Jesus was and how he had lived his life, his example. Right. You got to be and in Christ to receive the blessing. Right. Through baptism. So. That was a major part of it, I would think, just because, um, you know, Peter was restored after the resurrection there, and of course Jesus asked him three times if he loved him, and kind of a little ironic there that Peter had, had uh, you know, denied him three times. But uh, so he was on the on the road to restoration right there. But I'm sure that when the the Holy Ghost came on them there on Pentecost, that and they saw their eyes were really opened and they their commitment was really really enhanced there. I would think so. I don't know. Oh yeah. For 40 days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, they had to know. They had to know this, this is a big thing. Exactly. So, so the four promises, again, uh, the Holy Spirit would be coming. The mission would soon end. Their prayers would be uh, honored and answered. And their, their faith would be rebuilt. So, anyway, I, I guess we don't have time to get into any of these uh, figurative language that Jesus used, but it, it's a good study to study just some of the figurative language that Jesus used uh, in, his, uh, in his mission, you know. Uh, he really did uh, come up with a lot of different ones, but uh, maybe some other time, some other lesson we can talk about that. So we'll move on next Sunday to uh, chapter 17. I think it's Brother Tim that's got that. Yep, he's raising his hand up there. So um, we'll, we'll discuss that next Sunday. So appreciate your, your questions and comments.